Hey guys, welcome to The Nursing Co-op. I am so excited that you're here. On this podcast, our goal is to build your confidence, expand your knowledge, and create a supportive, cooperative community for nurses, one nurse at a time. My name's Ashley. I'm a registered nurse on a mission to empower nurses to build meaningful careers and change nursing culture along the way. In our time together, I hope to share my experiences, provide you with resources, and create a space where you can find your footing as a nurse without judgment. We will unravel nursing topics and make connections with amazing guests to give you all of the tools that you need to build an incredible life and career. I believe that it takes a village to build a strong nurse. We are your village. This is The Nursing Co-op. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Nursing Co-op. If it is super echoey, I apologize. We have contractors still working on our house, and I am in a much more empty room than I usually am, so I hear the echo. So I hope it's not too loud for you guys. But anyways, I am really excited that you guys are here for today's episode because we've got a quick little one that I think will be relevant for any of us. And we are going to chat about giving report for when you go on a break. So this is a quick little report you'd give to a coworker if they were going to cover your lunch or if you're going to be off the floor for 15 minutes, maybe you're going on a field trip and they need to keep an eye on your patient. There's a number of reasons why you would be doing this, but this is a quick little report that you would give them that gets gives them a general picture of what your patient is here for and tells them all the key pieces they need to watch them for a very short period of time. I think sometimes, especially when we are first starting out in our practice, we have a tendency to want to share a lot of information and overshare information when it comes to giving these quick reports, where it can turn into a very lengthy report all about all these details that really don't matter to this person who's only going to be watching them for 15, 30 minutes at most. So I want to just tell you guys the key pieces that you want to make sure that you include in these quick reports that you're giving someone when you have these scenarios. So first things first, big piece is always going to be your patient and what their code status is. This is an easy one to forget to tell people because I think we often assume everyone's a full code, but you really want to prepare for the worst case scenario. This is always the best thing to be considering when you are a nurse. So The worst case scenario is going to be that your patient crashes or codes while you are gone. So the first thing that you want someone to know is what their code status is. Because if they don't want to be intubated, you don't want to be the person who went to lunch and your patient crumps while you're gone and they are now getting intubated when they didn't want that to happen or they're having CPR when that wasn't what they wanted. So always make sure to include code status in your report. So very quick. This is patient A, they are a full code. This is patient B, they are a no code. Simple information, but always important to share. Second key piece that's really quick is, are there any precautions for this patient? This is important to share because while there might be signs outside of the room, it's still important to inform your coworker what they're walking into. So telling them they are on G contact for C. diff, they are on airborne precautions for COVID or tuberculosis, you want to make sure that you tell them what the precautions are so that they just don't accidentally walk into a room that's unsafe for them to be walking into without the right protection. So that's the easy thing to throw in at the beginning. It's what's your patient's name? What's their code status? Are there any precautions? Easy peasy there. 
Next comes your background. So why is this patient here? What are they here for? What is their history that is relevant to the situation? So letting your coworker know that they're here because they went into respiratory failure due to this infection, and so they're intubated and sedated, or they had this uh, kidney failure issue, and here's what we're doing for them. They have a history of heart failure. They have a history of diabetes. Again, you don't want, need to launch into a giant list of all of the things in their history. That is not necessary here. It's just the key players that are driving their care minute by minute. So if they are on pressors because they're having issues with their blood pressure, important information to share. Um, those things are what we want to share in this. Why they're here, here's the important considerations. This also drives the assessment piece that we would share in this quick report, depending on what they're here for. So if you have a patient that is here for a neuro issue, you want to make sure that you share a baseline neuro assessment or wherever they are at right now, so that if your your coworker walks into the room and suddenly they have slurred speech, that is a new symptom. They know this because they knew what the baseline looked like. If we're concerned about this patient for neuro reasons, we should inform them ahead of time so that they are keeping an eye on that neuro status. Now, if this is a brand new thing and you know you didn't have any neuro issues before, that's something your patient, your coworker is going to walk in the room, notice that symptom and react the appropriate way. But if we knew that they already had certain issues, it's important to share these and a baseline assessment so that your coworker knows where they were at so they can recognize any changes that could happen in the matter of minutes or an hour that you might be gone. So sharing a very basic assessment of where your patient's at right now, especially related to the specific areas where you're watching them, is the next piece that you want to make sure you include. This is a classic SBAR, right? We can think about who is the patient, why are they here, what is their baseline assessment, and here's what we're doing for them or what to keep an eye out for. That's your classic SBAR. Now, there are important pieces to remember within each of those, which is what I'm trying to highlight here. So we've talked about, we want to know their code status, we want to know any precautions, why are they here? The next piece that's important to share are any concerns or any areas where you are specifically watching them, kind of like we talked about already with like the neuro example. But let me give you some examples of key things you'd want to share if this was true for your patient. So are you watching their blood pressure closely? Are they, have they been hypotensive? Have they been hypertensive? Have you been giving them hydrolazine very often? Or do they have a drip that you're titrating? Do they have any baseline vitals that are a little bit different than a lot of people? So for example, if you have a patient who their heart rate sits in the 50s and that's just where they live, share that kind of information so that your coworker doesn't glance up at the screen and panic when they see a slow heart rate. They know that that's their baseline, no big deal. Are they a fall risk? If they are, is the bed alarm on? That is an important one because we want to make sure if the bed alarm is on so your coworker knows to listen out for a bed alarm. If one goes off, they know that that's probably your patient that they are watching at that time. So is there a bed alarm? Are they a fall risk? Have they fallen before? Um, is there any output issues that we are watching? Like, are they urinating a lot? Did you just give them Lasix and they're going to have to pee very soon? Um, hopefully not. If you... <laughs> If you are giving up a patient for a short period, like a break, don't give them the Lasix and then go on the break. So just think about those things when you're doing this. Sometimes you can't help it, but if you can, avoid those types of things because it just makes it 
really inconvenient for the person watching your patient. Um, are there are they on a ventilator? Is are there vent alarms going off very often? Are they coughing a lot? That makes it so that your coworker knows to listen for those alarms, but knows that maybe they're going off all the time, and so they they know that that's their norm, that that's what's been happening. They they're kind of fighting the vent a little bit. They just had a sedation vacation. Those are important pieces to share. Are there bleeding precautions? Have they had issues with bleeding? Another thing to watch, are there lines that they need to be concerned about, like an A-line? We want to make sure that your patient's not pulling that out. Is your patient in restraints? Another key thing to share is they know that at least there's that extra level of protection if your patient's been moving around a lot. Is your patient NPO? Another status that is important to share. Because if they are, you, you, might, you know those patients. You know the patients that really, 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 really want some water and they will manipulate whoever they can to try and get water even when they're, they're not supposed to consume anything. So if you go on break and they ask the nurse for the water, does the nurse know that they're NPO? Do, does she know that they have been asking for water a ton? You need to let them know what they can give your patient while you're gone. So this chunk is really just sharing the things that you have been monitoring closely during your shift so far with this patient, the areas where you know that you have to keep an eye on this patient. Also, don't try and sugarcoat these types of reports. I think sometimes we feel bad when we have to have somebody watch our difficult patient while we're at lunch, but don't sugarcoat it. If they are on the call light every five seconds, let them know that that's going to happen. Let them know that you've given them everything they need and they shouldn't need anything more, but they're going to be on the call light constantly. They always want to climb out of bed and they've fallen three times. Let them know that kind of information. They're detoxing and he's really agitated and is yelling at everyone. Everyone, let them know all the information like that. Not just don't try and make your patient look like something they're not. Tell them the real things they need to know. So just don't try and sugarcoat it. The next piece that I want to just highlight is if your patient has any drips, because especially if you're in the ICU, step down, but especially ICU for sure, if there are any things that you can titrate, if there are drips running, you should let the your coworker know about them. So if they are on three pressers, they need to know that information. They also need to know where those drips are at and how much they can change them. Now you don't need to go into a huge detail about every order because most of us once we're in the ICU for a little while, we know the general titration guidelines. But you can let them know like I've had to go up every 15 minutes on this presser because their their blood pressure's dropping. Um, I'm, I'm titrating this and this one's staying the same. We're trying to titrate down the propofol. So if you can, try not to adjust that one. Those types of information are really important. So let them know what drips are running and whether you're titrating them a lot. And then also, if you have drips running, just a tip for you, make sure that they're brand new bottles if you can before you go anywhere. So rather than leaving like an almost empty bag of something, it's really annoying if you go on a break and you've left three bags that are about to run out and they all go off. And now the person watching them has another task to do. They already have their own patients and they're just watching yours on top of that. So don't leave a bunch of tasks for them if you can avoid it. So try, I always tried to like, um, they're on propofol. It's running really at a really fast rate, but I just put a new bottle up. So you should be fine for the time being. Um, And this kind of segues right into the last piece, which is, are there any tasks that need to get done while you're gone? Hopefully there are not. Ideally, you want to make sure that you do everything you can 
before you go on a break. Now, that's not always possible. And sometimes we have insane shifts where we're lucky if we get a break. So you may have to leave in a time where something needs to get done, but it's okay if you have to ask a coworker for help with that. So you might say like, hey, you know, I've been running around this entire shift. I just need to go eat something really quick. Can you do this one finger stick for me? I'll be back in 15 and give them that quick, like this is their code status. This is why they're here. Um, I just need that finger stick done and I'll be right back. Great. You give them a general report, something simple, and you give them a small task, but just consider what tasks need to be done for your patient in the next half an hour or however long you're going to be gone. It's okay if you have to give like one or two, but try not to like task load your nurse because it's not their patient. It is yours. So don't try and offload that, but make sure that you're telling them any tasks that need to get done for this patient. Because We know there are some patients who do need things done very frequently. Um, You know, maybe it's a new stroke that you just got, and this is the only time that you can go to lunch, but they need to have a neuro assessment every 15 minutes for the next hour. So just let them know uh, you need to do a neuro assessment at 1245, and then you should be good. Great. Any tasks like that that you just need to share for them, but just make sure if you can do everything that you can before you go on a break. So if your patient needs to be turned, maybe get them up to the restroom before you go if that's true for your patient. Empty a bag if it needs to be emptied. Replace a drip if it's going to run out. Those are simple things that you can do that just make it a little bit nicer for whoever's watching your patient. Okay, I know that sounded like a lot, but let's just do a really quick example lunch break report to give you guys a general idea of what this could look like. So I find my nurse that I that's going to be watching my patient while I'm going off to lunch. I'm just giving her the one because I have the open bed. So I'm just giving her one patient. I have, so I've got uh, Jane Doe. She's in room six. She's a full code. Um, she's on contact precautions for MRSA. She came in with respiratory failure for, with, due to pneumonia. So she's now intubated and sedated. Um, she's got a history of AFib and hypertension. She's currently in AFib in the 80s and she's kind of been hanging out there. So I haven't had any issues with with um, increased heart rate or anything like that. She's been chilling in the 80s and in AFib. Um, Her blood pressure was a little bit high. Um, It was in the 170s. I gave her hydrolyzine about 15 minutes ago, and she's now in the 140s, so she should be set there for a bit. Um, She was trying to also, she was trying to pull at her tube quite a bit today. We're we're still trying to find the right sedation level for her, Um, but she started to pull in, so I do have her in wrist restraints, and she um, hasn't really tried to pull as much. I also just went up on her propofol, um, and so she seems a lot more comfortable at that level, so she should be good there. Uh, she's on propofol at 20 and fentanyl at 50. They're both new bags, so you shouldn't have to change anything. And like I said, she seems a lot more comfortable at that rate, so she should be good there. If you need to, you've got uh, fentanyl boluses. I haven't had to give her any, so if you need that, you've got that ordered for sure. Um, family just went to get lunch, and I just turned her and emptied her fully, so she should be all set. Um, I'm just running to lunch. I'll be back in 30 minutes, and then you can go to lunch, and I'll take your patients. Simple, easy, it does not have to be complicated. Now, that was clearly an ICU patient. That is what I'm used to, of course. But you may have six patients. That The, the report that you're giving for those patients is going to be way more simplified, of course, because there just aren't as many you know highly pressing issues for those six patients. So you can definitely cut that down. It doesn't have to be as detailed for patients that are just here because they're finishing up their antibiotic and then going home. Very basic, but... 
the the key pieces are still important. You always want to make sure you share code status. You always want to make sure that you share any important things that you're concerned about for the patient, um, why they're here. Those are all key pieces regardless. So that, of course, is going to be way simplified for a med surge for when you've got so many patients. You don't want to launch into all of that for six patients. So just try not to overthink it too much. Let's just recap really quick. Key things you want to include. Who is your patient? What is their code status? And are there any precautions for this patient? What are they here for? Are there areas of high concern for the patient? So, of course, anything that has to do with our ABCs, uh, blood pressure concern, fall risk, any safety problems we want to share. And then lastly, any tasks, any drips, any of those little extras that should be shared for your patient as well, depending on who you have. Again, not something to overthink. Just keep it simple. Share the information that you would want to know if you were about to take a patient from someone. And like anything else, this just takes a little bit of practice. You're going to get your spiel down and you'll have a routine that you're really used to when you're giving these types of really quick and dirty reports to someone who's just watching your patient real quick when you go on a trip or when you go on lunch or a break or something like that. So just keep trying with this. Figure out a formula that works for you. But just always remember to keep those safety pieces into that report. Anything that relates to safety falls, code status, precautions, all of that is safety related. So make sure that those pieces of information are always included for your patient. Your nurse is probably going to ask you some questions too, and that is based on what they're comfortable knowing about a patient before they take them. Some nurses are like, yeah, 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 I got it. Go ahead. And they don't really care. But just make sure that you include the key pieces for yourself and for what you would want to know in practice. All right, guys, I hope that this episode was helpful. I think this is definitely a topic that we all need to know a little bit better because most of us are going to run into this in our practice at some point. So if you found this episode helpful, please share it with one of your nursing friends. And as always, tag me in it so I can thank you personally. But I hope you guys are having an awesome week. I'm rooting for you and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at Ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.